Coming up on today's show, Next Gen has finally arrived. We're talking about what we've been playing, and Alana Pierce is here. Hi. Everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. And joining us as well as Alana Pierce. What's up? How are you guys doing? Good. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the show. It's good to have mm-hmm. you. We have you sort of on set. Yeah, it's great to be Virtual. here in the studio hanging out with my friend. Christine, <laughs> I'm, I'm hey, elbowing you hey, in the boob, hey. by the way. <laughs> oh, no, that hurt. Uh, for everybody who was watching at youtube.com slash what's good games, Alana is actually on a secret green screen uh, because she's incredibly busy this week preparing secret projects of which she's not yet prepared to, div- to, to divulge, but you are going to be making the announcement at some point in the future about where you're going because as people who follow you know, you announced that you are leaving Rooster Teeth and Funhouse and Inside Gaming. Yeah, I mean, I can make this my announcement of my announcement. I'm, I just found out yesterday, uh, well, eh, technically before that, but I'm officially allowed to say on Monday. So the next Ooh, Monday, I'm allowed to say what I'm doing. I'm very excited. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's uh, Very fun. Pretty much left everything to do with the Rooster Teeth family and then showed up on this podcast. <laughs> screw you guys and then I just go with you anyway uh yeah so I I left most of the stuff that I was I was doing previously and honestly that is like in very large part because of a workload thing it's like people like how could you not continue doing all of these things but when you start a new job you kind of want to give your new employer all of your time (laughs) so um very much hopeful that I can still guest on Funhouse content um I can't see any reason why I wouldn't be allowed to do that so we're hoping that we can still make content there and stuff but yeah, very excited to work on a new thing. Um, very excited to announce what it is. Sorry, I can't say anything else yet. It's not my. It's not my. You know choice. what? D- no need to be sorry. I think that everybody who watches What's Good Games are fans of you and are excited for your announcement and wish you nothing but the best. Um, you've been having an amazing year, doing all kinds of content. Your YouTube channel has been crushing it. You passed a pretty big milestone not that long ago. Yeah, I just hit five hundred thousand, um, which was really cool because you know i mean as you guys would know there are just so few women especially on youtube making video game editorial content so few um and it 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 has felt like a fight every step of the way because you know anything that i make people would be like i prefer to hear a man talk about this what do you know about video games like it definitely felt like an uphill battle and then hitting that like half a million i was just like i'm so glad i never gave up and had so many opportunities to um and really glad that i didn't but i almost feel bad that I flourished in 2020 because my response to COVID and lockdown and all that stuff was just to not stop working at all ever. Um, so I've had like on but paper. But why do you feel bad about that? I feel like it's probably not good for me, but it's also just when you ask people, how's your year going? It's kind of like a, well, actually like 
quite good, uh, despite the fact that I can't go outside and never see my friends and haven't hugged anyone in a really long time. <laughs> but outside of yes. that, um, yeah, I feel like it's like it's been it's been pretty pretty good overall. I'm just working really hard in lieu of being able to <laughs> do anything else to like do things <laughs> yeah. to like have a life. I know that's actually what I, I spoke about with a coworker the other day. I was like, look, what I'm doing is too much. But I also can't really do anything else exactly. right now, so I'm okay with it. But the minute that things like start to go, like, get a little bit more sociable, whatever, if there's a vaccine or whatever happens mm-hmm. like in the future, uh, I'm going to need you to take some of this away from me because <laughs> yeah. I would like to go outside again. I'm a little <laughs> bit worried about that with like YouTube because I went from only ever doing one to two videos a week to doing one or two every day. And as soon as like it could happen with this new job or it could happen when COVID uh I you know eases up if that happens I, I really don't know um I will stop again and I'm sort of worried that I've set a precedent when people will have expectation now and I'm like I promise like while I've had fun doing this it was really just to give me stuff to do when I didn't have anything to do inside so it, it can't be permanent it was never going to be permanent and it's been really cool to see the growth when I have been um more dedicated it to it than I ever have been in my life before but I'm like this, this isn't permanent I'm not gonna keep this isn't a regular thing please don't expect me to do this regularly I would really like to go back to having drinks with friends on a weekend. <laughs> I would really like that to be yes. a thing. <laughs> yes, 100% understand. And I think the people who like your content and follow your channel and have subscribed to you will also understand. I think a lot of creators are in the same boat, yeah. the same, just trying to keep sanity in check by just staying busy so you don't stop to think about it too mm-hmm. much. But of course, as you know, that can lead to burnout and that can have its own set of problems and challenges. So hopefully you do get to take a break (laughs) and enjoy everything that you built this year because it's an incredible milestone. So congratulations on half a million subscribers. That is huge. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been fun is my general review. It's been fun. (laughs) I've had a good time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good, good. Well, let's talk about some video games. I want to give a thank you and shout out to November's Patreon producers, Chewie's Godson, Californicated, Justin Foshi, Punctified, Ferris Atia, Mohammed Mohammed, Marcus Brown, Alex Rogopoulos, and David Icolucci. You guys may be wondering, where the heck is Brittany Brombacher this week? I realized I did not mention that she is working on a top secret project. We have so many of those. So many secrets. There. I know. <laughs> uh, so she can't be here this this week, but uh, she sends her love and congratulations to you as well, Alana. And she will be around. She'll be back for the Monday show, everybody. Welcome to our Patreon community, Ryan Frank, Daniel Schuster, and Sydney Rogers. I'm going to save our podcast reviewers for next week because, as you guys know, that's Brittany's kind of pet project. And uh, because she's not here this week, uh, we're just going to cover all of our new podcast reviewers next week. But thank you to everybody who has taken the time to leave us a five-star review. So let's go ahead and just jump right into the news. We're just going to do a few headlines this week because, as everybody knows, it's launch week for both Xbox Series X and S and also PS5. So not a ton of news to talk about. But speaking of PS5, Sony had to put out a statement this week about their resolution that it does not support 1440p because they want to prioritize support for TV, according to a report from Eurogamer that was translated from a Japanese publication, AV Watch. So there was an interview that was done with PlayStation hardware boss Masayasu Itsu. And PlayStation platform boss 
Hideaki. Oh my gosh, I'm so bad. Where's Brittany? It's Japanese when I need it. Uh, Nisha Nishino. <laughs> Do you speak Japanese, Alana? <laughs> no, <laughs> not even. She's like, she's, she's like, like, no. no. I we speak a bit of German. German. <laughs> <laughs> You're like not Japanese. Oh God, um, I have to do my Duolingo for today. So, what the two gentlemen basically said was that there's no technological problems that prevent the PS5 from doing 1440p, but that Sony instead is focusing on a consumer-forward market, not PC gamers who are hooking their PlayStation 5 up to monitors, because most consumer televisions, you may or may not be aware, don't do 1440p. They do 1080p, 720p, or 4K. They don't do anything kind of in between like monitors do. Uh, the lack of native 1440p resolution has disappointed some folks, obviously, because the streaming community and the content creation community is big, and most people, like us, uh, do that on our computers. Um, but according to Digital Foundry's early tests, using a PS5 with a 1440p monitor hmm. will just top the resolution out at 1080p, or if you have a 4K monitor, you get your you know full 4K resolution. But there is some confusion, I think, around if the HDMI signal that's being sent is down-resing the 4K signal or up-resing the 1080p signal. If you really want to get into the weeds about resolution, mm. I think that this is a non-issue. I think that like most gamers are going to be in 4K or 1080p and Sony's Sony's not wrong for just saying, yo, this is what we're going to do. And you can be mad at us if you want. I 100% feel like this is, and I don't want to speak for everyone. So let's say 99% feel like this is a uh, console wars thing. Like, do we really care about this? Do, are you actually going to plug in your PlayStation 5 and be like, how dare you? I just feel like it's like a thing that's become a talking point because they're trying to be like, what does this box do that this box doesn't do? Let's compare these two things. I think, feel like the vast majority of people are just not going to notice. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Most people are not going to hook their console up to their monitor. That's yes. not how uh, I would say a majority of people play. Right. Well, I think that to Alana's point, the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S both do 1440p and they've made a big show about the Series S doing it. But Microsoft is also it, like PC boys, right? Like Microsoft owns... Yep, Windows and all that other fun stuff. So you're not wrong. You would be not like, wrong. oh wait, monitors. Microsoft owns. Remember Windows the monitors, and Jim. Other, <laughs> like that's that's really their whole <laughs> library. You're right, but it's it's just yeah. like that's where I feel like it comes from. Is like it's been overblown, I think. But you know, and I say that as someone who actually, because of capture, I do pretty regularly play uh, games on a monitor. Um, I have a super ultra wide monitor that I can split so that half of my screen is my desktop for like streaming purposes. And then the off, other half of my stream, uh, or screen, sorry, would be my gameplay, which is awesome. Um, but it, it basically has to be 1080 for that to work anyway. And I mean, you're, I'm always outputting in 1080. I'd rarely stream in 4K since Mixer died, especially RIP. Uh, it's like not Aww. not as viable on any of the other platforms. Whereas the stuff you could do streaming with Mixer, like I could stream in ultra wide. That service was awesome. It's so sad. But I think generally I'm just like, as someone who this does pertain to, I do not mind. <laughs> I'm completely fine with it. Yeah. Same here. Sorry, I almost I, hit uh, you in the face, Dima. Oh, no. Don't hit Dima in the face. Um, speaking of getting hit in the face, no, this is not really a great transition. <laughs> um, we have an update. Oh, getting, the, hit, getting hit in the face with the book. Exactly. Getting hit in the face with the book with some, some legal... Some legal slaps happening. There is a brief update in the Epic Games versus Apple legal battle that is happening. IGN updated their story saying that the judge presiding over 
The Epic Games versus Apple case has thrown out some of Apple's claims that were brought in a countersuit against the makers of Fortnite. Judge Yvonne Gonzalez Rogers explained that she would not accept Apple's claim of theft from Epic and would not award monetary damages beyond those of the breach of contract case the companies are embroiled in. Quote, this is a high stakes breach of contract case and an antitrust case. And that's all, in my view, the judge explained per Bloomberg. You can't just say it's independently wrongful, she told Apple's lawyer. You actually have to have facts. Snap. Woo. (sighs) All right. I do really like it when judges get sassy. Yeah. It makes me happy inside. Yeah. Watching the clips from the Zoom call (laughs) from the court hearing from Trump's lawyers about some of the election contesting that they're doing and having the judges be like, um, I'm sorry, do you have any evidence? And they're like, <laughs> well, this person said this person, and the judge said, so literal hearsay is your evidence. <laughs> and I was like, get him, judge. Get him. Yeah, it is, it is, uh, it is, I feel it like is that's amazing. what I'm like as a girlfriend. I'm like, well, do you have any evidence of that? Do you, can you sign <laughs> it for me? I don't think that happened. That's bullshit. <laughs> Just, I, I took legal for too long. It's a problem. But uh, this, this case is like super <laughs> fascinating to me. Um, you know, it's, I feel like it's just such a, a sign of the times is what is happening with this exact case and every update I'm going to be watching it will probably for years and years. But it's funny to every time that I feel like I read an update, it is both sides are getting scolded. It's like both companies are getting like, no, shut up, Epic. Like, this is not a monopoly. You're being <laughs> stupid. And then this time it's like, do you do have any facts, Apple's lawyers? Like, I feel like they're both just like getting cold giant babies. We're just watching these mega corporations get cucked. In real time, yeah, yes. yes. Well, we're like, I feel like that's it. Judge Judy too, though, right? Yeah. Like if you watch any of those those TV shows, she always yells at both of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, I love it. I'm like, yeah, honestly, you're both probably dumb in certain ways, mm-hmm. so like, call it out. Realistically, mm-hmm. that's how it works. People be dumb in different yeah. ways, and it's it's just it's it's so fascinating, and I don't know like what the outcome is going to be. And I've been trying to figure out like what's what what do you guys think is the correct outcome? Like, what do you think you would want to happen? in Epic versus Apple. Who do we want to be successful? Here? Honestly, like I don't even think I have an answer for that because like they both are bringing superfluous legal proceedings against each other almost out of spite at this point. Mm-hmm. Like I would really like for them both to have to give up ground because I think that's what a good compromise is, but I don't know what the real win here is. I guess like the real win in Epic's mind is that they're able to um, have other forms of payment, but Apple's never going to allow that. So I think what it would be is that Apple just has to negotiate down their platform fee because I think 30% is definitely egregious. And yeah. you have enough money, Apple, you don't need to take 30% anymore. Like, let yeah. it go. That's why like, I'm, Just lower the fee. Yeah, I think if I were to like, choose a winner, and it's so much more complicated than that because they're both coming with so many different stances, like you said, I feel like a potential positive outcome and and it it won't be a winner. It won't happen that way. This isn't Game of Thrones. It will end up being a series of different clauses. But it, it would be really nice to see Epic succeed and set a precedent that developers can get um, more money from any of the platform holders. Because 30% is a lot. Um, obviously, Epic mm-hmm. uh, being the ones who take, I think it's 12%, um, just based on you know everyone else is still at 30. Like I feel like that is better for the games industry. You have more money you have more money to make more games. Like this is this is a thing that I align with them on for sure, even though I think they've been kind of childish and also kind of gross 
like trying to organize the troops on social media to hashtag free Fortnite was just really like Black Mirror creepy. Oh, <laughs> don't yeah, like it at it all. was bad. Yeah, it was definitely bad. But I think yeah. I just think also, that like, do you think up. Twitter has any fucking grounds in a legal case? Like, they're, <laughs> what are you? They probably were using thinking? it as a marketing tactic because they thought they were being cool and taking on the megacorp. But it's like it doesn't work when you're also when it's a like megacorp a Tencent a megacorp. megacorp as well. Like, <laughs> it doesn't we yeah. know what's going on here, buddy? <laughs> Yeah, but no, they tried. Exactly. Uh, well, we, of course, will keep you updated as the trial still does not begin in earnest until May 2021. So quite a ways to go yet in that. Um, next up is just a deal announcement. So GTA publisher Take-Two Interactive has confirmed the purchase of Codemasters in a deal worth nearly $1 billion. It was announced this week that the deal worth $994 million is expected to be completed by spring 2021. According to Eurogamer, Codemasters will join fellow Take-Two owned labels such as 2K, Rockstar Games, and Private Division. Quote from Strauss Zelnick, the head of Take-Two Interactive. Codemasters has a renowned history of creating some of our industry's most beloved and commercially successful racing franchises, and we believe that their offerings will be highly complementary to our sports portfolio and enhance further our organization's long-term growth. Moreover, we look forward to welcoming Codemasters' senior management and development teams into our Take-Two family and sharing in our vision to deliver the highest quality entertainment experiences and aim to be the most innovative, creative, and efficient company in our industry. Well, there were some rumors floating around when this story broke that Codemasters was acquired for such a price tag because their driving mechanics and cars are going to be implemented into GTA 6. Hmm. And I was like, hmm. Hmm. I feel like a billion dollars is a pretty big price tag just yeah. to fold them into GTA. But I have no doubt that they're going to be using or looking to that team for some of their tech. I mean, why wouldn't they? GTA could benefit from some improvement on the driving in that game. But I think Codemasters is obviously going to continue to make Codemasters games. I feel like this has to lean into the their announcement that they were going to have like, what what was it like? 100 new games? I feel like it was more than that in the next like several years. Um, take, during one of Take Two's earnings calls, yeah, I don't remember how many games they said it was. I'm trying to see if what, what's the how do I Google that? Like, what do you look up? <laughs> take Two, this many take new two games. Earning call. Ninety three oh. games of uh, ninety three. There you go. You beat me to it. <laughs> you, know, you want to know what I googled? I googled Take Two, this many new games. Take Two Interactive (laughs) plans to release 93 (laughs) games over the next five years. And my immediate reaction to that from that earnings call, which I think was in May, was like, but how? Like, you got the studios to do that? How are you going to do that? And I guess part of that is acquisitions. Like, I expect a lot of mobile games, but I feel like we haven't had announcements of those anyway. It's a lot of games. I mean, so that's what, like 20 games, a little less than 20 games a year for five years? That's a lot of games. Was it a lie for investors? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Like, that's, that is bonkers. That's a lot of games. That's a lot. It's even more than like fucking, it's, it's like the state, that's the parent, or not the parent, but the, uh, the sibling to THQ Nordic, who's like, we have 5 million properties over here. And you're like, but why? (laughs) Are you going to develop this many games? Oh yes. Over 200 IPs THQ Nordic owns now. That's insane. And it's like... They're just hoarders is what they are. Yeah. I'm like, are you going to publish some of those games maybe? Nah, just keep it in the attic. What was their <sighs> most recent? Like, the they didn't Biomutant. The Mutant one? Yeah, uh, but they also Bio-Mutant. did Darksiders. 
Desperados 3 came out this year as well. Um, I feel like Nordic's putting in work. What I feel like they're not doing is putting in marketing budgets. So while they are releasing games, we're just kind of not seeing them that much. So yeah, it's going to be like these these 93 mystery games. We'll probably hear about four of them. (laughs) Which are like (laughs) middleware is back, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely not making bad games. It's just like just you're just not telling me about not hearing about them yeah yeah it doesn't mean they're bad just means no one's heard of them (laughs) well clearly some people have heard of them just Mm -hmm. you know not all of the people so maybe maybe they'll get on that um (laughs) the last news story that i wanted to quickly touch on for this week has been an ongoing saga with a lot of twitch content creators and it appears that twitch finally has made a statement acknowledging they had an oopsie. So according to IGN, Twitch admits that it handled its DMCA takedowns poorly and that some better tools are on the way. Well, it's about time. Thanks, Twitch. (laughs) The DMCA controversy has put streamers at risk of losing their accounts because they played licensed music during the recordings, which was very popular and still is popular for a lot of streamers across the platform. However, the company has said that streamers aren't out of the woods yet and strongly recommends that they not play licensed music during the streams as negotiations continue between Twitch and the record companies. In the first detailed blog post about DMCA after streamers were hit with takedown notices and mass over the summer, Twitch explained that up until this point, the DMCA was not really a major issue for streamers. Until May of this year, they wrote, streamers received fewer than 50 music-related DMCA notifications each year on Twitch. Mm, that's a few. Beginning in May, however, <laughs> representatives of the major record labor started sending thousands of DMCA notifications each week that targeted creators' archives, mostly for snippets of tracks in years-old clips. The mass takedown request created a domino effect where suddenly streamers found several, maybe even hundreds, if not thousands, depending on the streamer, of years-old clips that were flagged as violating DMCA. MCA. These put streamers at risk of breaking Twitch's three-strike rule fairly quickly. Uh, obviously, if you have hundreds or thousands of strikes, uh, you're kind of in deep doo-doo. <laughs> yep. um, Twitch released quickly a mass deletion tool that would help streamers purge their archives of videos, but streamers were undoubtedly not enthusiastic about deleting years of their work. Twitch acknowledged that it should have taken better precautionary steps to prevent this. Quote, one of the mistakes we made was not building adequate tools to allow creators to manage their own own VOD and clip libraries. You're rightly upset that the only option we provided was a mass deletion tool for clips and that we gave you three days notice to use this tool. Twitch also acknowledged a lack of forethought in its tool set for these situations, writing, quote, we could have developed more sophisticated user-friendly tools a while ago. That we didn't is on us. And we could have provided creators with a longer time period to address their VOD and clip libraries. That was a miss as well. Mm. What, you mean three days isn't (laughs) enough to delete your entire life's work on a platform? (laughs) Boy, oh boy. I mean, the fact that it took them this long to acknowledge that massive fuck-up is a little embarrassing. Um, but I know that they're a big behemoth company now and things move slowly at corporations. But considering that they still really love to embrace like the idea and the identity of streamer culture, it really was disappointing to me that it took them this long. Now, obviously, we're not going to go deep into DMCA law here. There's plenty of people on the Internet that can explain it to you. There is no doubt that it is against copyright to use music that you did not create on your streams. It is very, very, very rarely fair use. Even if you think it is, it's most likely not fair How use. How does TikTok get away with it? 
Um, probably because no they're one, in China. Yeah, like I think I mean it's in the same way that Twitch was getting away with it for a long time. It's like if until it really starts to Which nobody can uh, impact or or they feel it's starting to impact their bottom line. Like they're not going to go after it. I guess and so like no Twitch was fine a for a few years and then yeah, yeah, Eye of Sauron came upon them. <laughs> I mean, I've always yeah. like been in two minds about this, which is like maybe not a popular opinion, but like you said, Andrea, it's like you know the law you know that you're not allowed to do this. So the streamers who are like, I can't believe I'm having to delete years of work. It's like, but you knew, uh, or if you didn't and you were working full time on that platform and that's your job, you should have known that that is the law is that you can't use licensed music. So just don't do it. Uh, but the other side is Twitch's communication is embarrassingly poor, uh, especially when it oh, comes yeah. to these creators who are spending their lives on the platform, who are making them so much money. And like you said, when they pretend to be this extremely supportive uh, company, it's just like, it's atrocious to have, uh, reacted this way when you should see the people on your platform as collaborators and not as people who eh, just like, fuck them at the drop of a hat who cares whatever so it's like it's a mixed thing um where you know i stream you guys stream i just don't stream licensed music at all ever and i haven't had any issues not doing that it's annoying to remember if it's in a game that you have to turn music off like that's definitely a, right. a, a yeah. hiccup that sucks uh, but for the most part, well, it's sometimes not it's in games that you don't know. Like our yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's stream from our Halloween series got flagged for audio because apparently the music box that plays when the um, animatronics come to murder you is from like some record company that licensed this 1905 music box True. track. Oh my God. Yeah. And so I was like, wait, how did this get muted? And sometimes it's because- unclear if like in-game yeah. music can do that. Cause I know Nintendo was doing it for a while where their songs, they counted as being licensed music and then they would take your streams down. And obviously they've stopped doing that, but it, there are, there are definitely a lot of layers to it that I just think are um, just, just messy. But the, the most obvious solution is just try not to stream music like i have been shadow banned on twitch twice meaning i didn't know it was a thing until it happened to me when i would go live nobody would get a notification that i had gone live and uh if i would show up in like a list of people you're following it would be grayed out so it would look like i was offline the only way that you could tell that i was online is if i tweeted out a link it happened to be twice and both times was after djing streams and the funny thing about that is that my uh dj streams were uh royalty free music only so there was something in the twitch algorithm that still recognized that I was just playing music for two hours and I was shadow banned for seven days afterwards. No communication from Twitch. Um, you know, people in my chat were like, you sure that's what happened? Like how I don't, this, this couldn't be a bug. And I'm like, how has it happened twice after the exact same thing uh, a month apart? It just couldn't, I feel like there's no other way that this could have gone down. And yeah, no communication from them whatsoever. They just completely basically shut down my channel. And if I were a person who was working on Twitch, that was my source of income. Like, I currently don't make any money on Twitch. But if I were, that would be such a nightmare for them to not at least communicate that with me. Um, and I did reach out to support, just didn't get a response. So it's like they, they are really, really bad about communication. Uh, but I do think we also need to take some responsibility for like, yeah, you can't play Drake on a live stream. It sucks. And the music <laughs> record labels suck. But Unless Drake's on your live stream and he gets you a lawyer's permission. I mean, <laughs> I think even then he'd still not be allowed. They'd be like, no, Drake, you can't That's play true, your own it's music. That's true. It's not him. That would really, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you would need the lawyer permission. Yeah, yes. it would be the, it would be the label that would come yeah. after you. And I think a lot of that has to do also with Twitch's content ID and DMCA tools not being nearly as sophisticated. Obviously, YouTube has been at this for many more years than Twitch has. So their tools have become quite sophisticated, allowing you even to replace. Yeah, it's just I just wish that Twitch would recognize that 
because they have a game category system. Like when you pick the game category, it should pop up an alert. Hey, this game has DMCA mm. music in it. Are you sure you want to stream this game or please turn off the music options in your game settings? Like, I think that would be a nice tool for streamers. Well, I've had publishers no, no, tell no. me that. Just, just delete everything. Get rid of all of it, burn it to the ground. But like I've had publishers reach out and be like, hey, if you stream this, just so you know, there is licensed music, you'll have to turn it off. And the fact that the the publishers are the ones who have to tell me not to get in trouble on Twitch and Twitch itself is not supporting me, is it seems crazy. Like absolutely nuts. That happened with uh, Tony Hawk. They were like, just so you're aware, you can't stream the music, which also sucks because it's such a big part of that game. But yeah, yeah I mean, the absolutely. YouTube tools, if you want to monetize my VOD... Go for it. Like, I'd way prefer that. Just do do that. That system is so much better and it's so much easier. It's just, I don't, I don't know how they are so far behind, but I think it's because Twitch still likes to pretend that they're like a little cute company like Justin TV still in their soul. And you're like, no, you're owned by Amazon. <laughs> Get it together. Come on, buddy. Yeah. I mean, and they're also profiting like hundreds of millions of dollars off of the creators who are streaming on the platform, there's an obligation if you're going to be making money off of those creators to educate them, to give them the tools that they need. So I think this is a step in the right direction, but sorely overdue, for yeah. sure. What happened when you guys got flagged for the Five Nights at Freddy's thing? Um, well, we haven't ever gotten any strikes. They've just muted the audio on the on the gotcha. on the clip. So gotcha. when you go to watch the VOD, um, that section that's been copyrighted is just it's muted. You can't hear anything. Or at least they so the, mute that the, section rather than the whole thing. Yeah, and the downfall though is that they don't just mute the music because YouTube now has a has a feature where you can just mute the music, so it like separates the tracks which is really great, but really? Twitch is just like, nope, we just straight mute the whole thing. Yeah, YouTube actually has a tool now that allows you to substitute the music. They are like, hey, yeah. look at all this royalty-free like, music that you can pick to How put inside your video instead that? of this licensed music that you used. <laughs> wow, that's like it's a newish. really cool tool to be able to split the tracks on something that would like, in theory, be uploaded as one track. For them to be able to split it and post is very cool. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, huh. it's, a, it's a really Them awesome Google tool. engineers, yo. <laughs> yeah, it turns out they know what they're doing. They're like, how do we do this? All right. <laughs> Have well, a billion also, dollars, like, helps you them, figure it out. You know, from being yeah. sued as a platform. I mm -hmm. think YouTube as a company is definitely gun shy about that because, you know, they still remember Viacom <laughs> and, yeah. and how much that cost them as a company. Yeah. So... Anywho, that is going to do it for our news for this week. And we're just going to keep on a roll in. We're going to do a little bit of a shorter show this week. We're going to run it a little bit like we do the Monday show. It's next gen launch week. So now it's officially new gen. I have to stop calling it next gen. The gen is here. The generation of Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S. Still hate those names. Yeah. And PlayStation 5. And we want to talk about what we've been playing. And it actually is that most of the games that we're playing this week are available on both platforms, which of course it's going to be the case for about the first year or two, potentially three, according to Sony. Um, and Alana, I would love to hear about what you've been playing. I know that you've been playing a game that is impossible to stream on Twitch. <laughs> mm. I've actually seen a lot of people streaming it and I don't know exactly how. Um, well, I think technically you can stream it, but you have to immediately like download it or immediately like delete it or mute it because it's just all licensed music. And when I mm -hmm. talked to Harmonix about it, Harmonix and NCSoft, when I was at a preview event with them 
I was like, this game is cool. This game feels like a super fun game that you would want to stream live with your community on Twitch. What are you guys doing about DMCA? And they're like, so um, we paid for our licenses the way that we're supposed to. And it's really in Twitch's hands. <laughs> they, mm. they just deferred. They were like, why don't you ask Twitch about it? And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> I did manage to upload a uh, gameplay on YouTube and not get in any trouble for it. Um, it was fine on YouTube. I didn't even get flagged because it's potential that the way that Fuse mixes songs, which is very cool. It's, it's a really fun game. Um, and I think is actually an awesome thing to have during lockdown right now because you can like multiplayer create music with each other. It's, it's super neat. Uh, but I think because it, it, changes the song so much it changes the bpm it changes the key that it potentially isn't even being recognized by some of those systems uh because of, of the way it works so basically just like i never played the cod game what's it called um they had a cod drop mix drop mix it basically does like a very similar thing to to drop mix which is you know separate different tracks and let you play vocals and bass and and, and mix all these songs up. Um, and it has a pretty solid library. I feel like it should be a little bit more extensive and hopefully it gets bigger as, as time goes on, especially when you compare it to something like Rock Band, which has so many songs now. Uh, but it's really fun. I, I, I think it's neat. I don't um, know that it, it's going to be successful at a $60 price point when mechanically it feels a little bit too limited. Uh, but you also can play it just like tapping A at the right time to combine this song from the 80s you love with the vocals of this song that came out this year that you love, which is cool, but you can also get pretty far in the weeds if you want to get more technical with it. And I will say, as someone who DJs, it is absolutely nothing like DJing at all, <laughs> should be clear. <laughs> like, literally not even a little bit. Uh, the only thing that it has in common is uh, you have to know timing, but otherwise, very unrelated. Um, but it's really fun and really cool, and I think it just, like, is such a good vibe game. Um, it, it's very cool to share with people and... I can imagine playing it at a party and the people at the party genuinely enjoying listening to it, which is super neat. Yeah, I've been a big fan of harmonics for a really long time. I've told the story of being on Rock Band to the Stars, the the reality show for Rock Band. And obviously, John and I met through Rock Band. He used to work for harmonics for many, many years. Um, I love the way that they do beat matching. I love the way that they do mixing. I think what's really cool about what they've done with Fuser so far, and you know, thank you to NCSoft for sending codes over, is that they did this they took this mashup of the cool characters and animations that they created for dance central, this really kind of urban vibe that they created and brought that into some of the beat matching that they created with rock band and made this for lack of a better phrase, they fused them together <laughs> to make this really cool DJ. So it's game. aptly named. Yes. Yes, it is. I've, I've just been really enjoying it. Stimer, have you gotten to check it out at all? I, I know nothing about this game except that there's music in it. That's well, pretty much the whole gist, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you figured it out. Okay, there's cool. music. There's music in it. You're, so you were saying it's like nothing like DJing, so then my brain went to, but what about DJ Hero? Did you think DJ Hero was... <laughs> Still no. No. Okay. None of them at all. DJ Hero maybe even less so, because at least you can actually like mix things in, in Fuser a little bit. Um, but yeah, I was happy with the library, and it's very easy to play, and also have to give them a shout-out for solid accessibility options as well. Um, which is always very nice to see. And I feel like this year, especially people are starting to take that a bit more seriously. Ubisoft always having the, uh, this stuff front and center is awesome. Um, so shout out to that for sure. It's, it's just a fun little thing that I think anyone can play and, you know, create things that in theory, nobody else will have played because there is a fair amount of variety. Um, and yeah, you can get, pretty I guess I'm just confused. You're just supposed to like, given the visual that Andrea had up on screen, I'm like, so you're just like, 
making a freaky Mr. Potato Head kind of a thing. Like you're just like this from this and this from this and this from this. Yeah, essentially the way that the gameplay works is that you're mixing tracks from different songs, very much like what Drop Mix started. So like the bass from a specific game, the guitar line, or, or excuse me, a specific song. <laughs> yeah, sorry, this is one of the Fuser commercials. Um, the vocal track from a specific song, right? So it's, it's it's a bunch of different things that you can mix them together. And it makes it approachable for someone like me who has literally zero DJing experience. But I think it'd be really fascinating to hear from an actual DJ if you think that the tools are something that would potentially allow people to get into DJing or do you think it's like oversimplifying it? It's just not related. Like they are just completely different things. Like aside from the fact that music is coming out, uh, they have nothing in common. (laughs) Like just, it's not even like a, this is a beginner's DJing. I think the only thing that like would help as far as that is concerned is um, just the timing of it. But that's such a small part of DJing anyway. Like it would, I guess be, a good thing to like help you learn a BPM. Uh, but for the most part, completely unrelated will not help you in any way whatsoever. Uh, because, <laughs> you, good to know. because you aren't actually mixing songs together. You're just, you're just dropping different. It, you're yeah. making Frankensteins. It's, it's difficult to even explain how it's unrelated, but I mean the game itself like changes the key and the BPM as you go. And that is like some of the most important parts of DJing is, Mixing things at a different BPM or figuring out how to make a transition between two songs. This just doesn't have any of that stuff. Might give you a good ear for what melds together, but even then it doesn't work because the game is auto-changing the BPM in the key to make it work in a way that you can't do with tracks when you're actually DJing. Like if a key's off, people will hear a difference and you can't so, change the key. Okay, so it's want. basically like no fail mode in a way. No, like just it, completely it will- different. <laughs> Just not well, at no, all but related. It, it, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> just can like, you no, make no. anything in here that sounds bad is my question. Or are you saying that the game corrects yeah, for it to try and make it sounds good? Uh, it automatically does it. It's not like it corrects it. It just automatically makes things the right BPM and the right key so that, yeah, any it, virtually anything will mix together in a way that, like, if I play two songs while I'm actually DJing that are a different BPM, people in the crowd would immediately be like, what the fuck has happened? And they wouldn't necessarily know what's happened. It would just sound like your ears were being assaulted with two bass lines or whatever. Um, or it. it'll just, it'll just sound awful. Uh, so yeah, I think like I've played things in Fuser that didn't work together, but I think that is the a puzzle that it, it invents for itself that I really like. Um, is you still have to keep an ear out for what works in the game. Is like, is this baseline going to work with this vocals? Like what does mixing this song, like I said, from the eighties with this song from 2020 actually sound like? So I think, if anything, it's just a really cool creative tool um, that, uh, yeah, it's just really a lot of fun, but um, not even a little bit of DJing tool, no. Which is fine. It doesn't have to be. (laughs) The effect is ultimately very similar. If you were to play it live or play the multiplayer, then you still get to play music for people. Just the technical, actual process is is unrelated. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so are you going to make some Fuser playlists that people can follow? Because I know that that's like part of the social features that are in the game is that you can have like a Fuser profile and you can follow people. I guess like I haven't done I, I don't do a lot of creation in games. Like, you know, I play a lot of dreams and I love dreams. It's I think it's fantastic, but I don't do have any of the creative stuff, um, even though I, I wish that I had that in me. But Fuser seems like an easier one to do. So, yeah, I might I might I might do that. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, I just I just like listening to you DJ. So I just want to listen to your mixes. It's just a selfish request. Let's be honest. (laughs) She's like, give me your playlist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Steimer, you have been playing 
Bug snacks. Talking about bug snacks. But yeah, bug snacks is one of them. Uh, I just think this is such a fun, delightful little game. I am really enjoying myself um, playing it. In general, actually, the past couple of weeks have been nice because I feel like I'm really grooving with the games that I'm getting to play, which is not always the case. Um, so that alone has been nice. It's sort of a, an aside. But yeah, Bugsnacks is such a weird little <laughs> experience, but in like the best possible way, at least so far. Um, I played for a few hours and then I was like, I kind of want to play this on PS5 when I finally get that. Uh, I don't want to play my PS4 anymore as much because I'm going to be a snob. I don't but. blame you because it's pretty cute when you catch a bug snack that it says its name through the little speaker on your controller box. Does it do that on PS4? Yes, it does do that. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. that is a feature, I guess, of it's, the DualShock it's, 4. Uh, I only played it on is, PC. It is really cute. Which I guess means oh, I missed out on that yeah. entirely. Mm. You don't get those cool oh, features when you go mouse and keyboard. That. No, it does that. It's really cute. Yeah, I remember when I first caught the, the strawberry, I was like, oh, strawberry! It's like talking through the thing. Uh, it, I was I jumped a little, but then I was like, oh, that's really cute, actually. <laughs> like, strappy, strappy, strappy. I do that with the DualShock all the time. It says something, and I panic. I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if you're still like, what is this game? Uh, Andrea has a little bit of gameplay up right now, um, but really what you're you're trying to do is, a few, okay, that was the thing I couldn't figure out. I had to text Greg and Jen and was like, what the fuck do I do with these <laughs> cheese poofs? Anyways, okay, so obviously if you're like, what is a bug snack? Um, it's a strange little game that is all about these, if basically if food were alive, like if food were creatures, what would they be? And it sort of takes a little bit of an exploration on that. And the, all of the quote unquote people in this game are really more like Muppets. Uh, so it's very good. Like there's really no element of realism here whatsoever, which is kind of nice. Um, you land on this island and basically there's a mystery of evolved one. Obviously the main thing is what are bug snacks is actually part of the game. And then the other is like trying to figure out this village and what's going on with it. And then like getting people back together, kind of a, uh, not super surprising storyline in that sense, but I do really like what it's doing. It just feels very puzzly, which I like. So mm -hmm. not only do I feel like I get a little bit of a Pokemon snap, with the scanning feature, although you're not really taking pictures of them, but you just like get to scan the environment with your camera, figure out what's going on. And then you get to try and solve how to catch them. Some of them are obviously very easy, but it reminded me a little bit of Viva Pinata in that way, which I was really liking. I was like, Ooh, okay. This one might come out when it rains or this one. Like I have to figure out how to use this, uh, this bug snack to get me this other bug snack, uh, which Again, like that definitely appeals to me. Everybody knows how much I love Viva Pinata. So this is kind of like a mini Viva Pinata. And um, it's just something that I, I've really been enjoying because I've wanted a new one for a while and haven't gotten it. So bug snacks will do for now. Yeah, I think the thing yeah, that surprised I think me most. With it. Yeah, after we saw the, the trailers was I didn't expect it to be a puzzle game for whatever reason. I didn't know what I expected it to be, but I didn't expect it <laughs> yeah. to be a puzzle game. And I, I think it's really sweet, but it's also not like you know, it looks really childish and I'm sure kids have a lot of fun with this, but it's also not like just a dumb kids game. You know, it's really charming um, in a way that like some, you know, more more cutesy games can be um, just a, a little too immature. Whereas I feel like this is like literally for all ages, a game for all ages. Yeah. It's neat. No, I think they did a really nice job with it. And each different environment is nice because you can kind of like, ooh, what kind of, I wonder what kind of bug snacks are going to live over there, like be in this other place. And you have a little journal that'll outline whether or not you've 
one scanned all of them and then two if you've captured them so there's a little bit of a pokemon factor but it's a lot more bite-sized to hit and uh, <laughs> therefore it feels completable whereas pokemon at this point there's so many that you would i mean you can still do it but it's gonna take you a while mm-hmm. whereas i do not think that is the case for bug snacks and um yeah it's it's been really great but a nice little jaunt through. Yeah, it's cute. It's a nice little launch title. And I'm glad that Young Horses was able to take what they learned and achieved with Octodad and create a bigger oh, experience. I didn't realize that, it was them. Yeah. It sense. The art style checks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, they've been working on this game for six years. Wow. <laughs> oh, bug snacks. Well, that's indie. That's indie, though. You know, yeah, when you have a true. small team and... You have a big game that you're making, and I think them adding it to PlayStation Plus as a free title right when the PS5 is launching is such a smart move because it's going to automatically get that giant install base because Sony is offering that awesome PlayStation Plus collection for everybody that gets a PS5. So, I mean, good on them. Hopefully, it allows them to, to make more stuff. Yeah, and like I said, it's a weird game, but it's it's fun and it's charming, and so I think you really would have a good time with it, especially again now, like... There's, there's so little joy in the world sometimes that you just get it where you can. And one of those things is a strawby talking to you through a controller. <laughs> and then you eat it. And then, well, yeah. But that's okay. It's still cute. <laughs> that is, that is cute. okay. Um, I have been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which a lot of you know. But I'm not going to deep dive too much into it because I frankly just haven't had enough time with it. I've played for about... 15 to 20 hours, which seems like a lot, but is really just scratching the surface because anybody who's played Assassin's Creed in the modern era knows that those games are now 100 hours plus without batting an eye. Um, But if you guys want to check out some of my gameplay, I did do a two-hour preview on Twitch and you guys can check out that VOD. It's spoiler free. I didn't do any narrative stuff. Uh, just really showing you guys um, Eivor, showing you the open world, showing you how the Raven mechanic works, showing you the settlement mechanic. Um, but just some high level thoughts. I really love what they did with Eivor in the sense that you can choose to be male Eivor, female Eivor, or you could let the Animus choose. And I think that's an a choice that Ubisoft didn't fully explain. And for what I've been reading from other people's reviews, because I've chose female Eivor because Lady Viking, I just kind of wanted that, that experience for myself is that the animus will actually choose your gender differently in different sections of the game, hmm. which I think is a really interesting idea. Oh, so you get to explore hmm. both. Right. And for narrative reasons, it will become clear why you explore both, which I think is also like cryptic, but exciting because they really just jump right into some of the modern day stuff at the top of the game this time, which I love because it felt like it like pulling teeth to get to some of that modern day Assassin's Creed stuff that I love as a longtime fan of the franchise. I know that there's some people that are like, I don't really care about They're that like, at all. Leave it behind. I want to go to Viking land. Pretty much. Um, Alana, what's your experience with the Assassin's Creed franchise? I was a huge fan of one through Revelations and then three broke my heart um, real bad because it basically destroyed this entire beautiful sci-fi saga that I was super into by killing off the character it pertained to and then all the glyphs and all the, the, the people who came before all that lore just burned to the ground and I was very upset about it because I was so invested in it. <laughs> uh, but... Um, so I had that experience where I'm still like, damn you for annualizing this, this thing that could have been such a good sci-fi trilogy if we'd kept it to the Ezio stuff. 
but I've played almost all of them. I did not play um, the one that's set in England. Um, what's that called? I'm forgetting the name. Syndicate. Syndicate. I played every other one. With the, and, with the uh, twins. Yes. Um, what is it? Jacob and Evie Fry, I think is the name. That is correct. Uh, and then I reviewed Origins, which was the first one that I feel like went harder into the RPG aspects and became a more difficult uh, RPG where there's, you know, level systems and areas are leveled. And I had so much fun playing that and trying to get into areas that were a higher level than me and, and the challenge they introduced that I feel like the game has almost become, well, the franchise has become a different kind of game now. Like you say, 100 hours, they're RPGs now. And the fact that these, these studios are bringing out 100 plus hour RPGs almost annually. It's not quite annually necessarily for Assassin's Creed now, but it's close is such a testament. Like that's insane. Um, obviously they have huge teams. Like Ubisoft has got a lot of support for it, but I think it's really, really impressive. Uh, I haven't played Valhalla yet because I played Odyssey late and I do feel like you can have too much of those games. Um, oh, for sure, yeah. But I've been, 100%. I've been seeing, like, and footage. Odyssey was just massive. Yeah. Uh, I've been seeing footage of people even at the... Um, the sync points where it, you know, it does the, the, the quick pan at, at the environment around you. And in Valhalla, they're so beautiful. Like the wintry setting is, is so pretty in some of those, the parts of that game, but I feel like I probably will get around to it eventually, but I, it's not something that I want to play immediately, ultimately. but it, it looks awesome. And I, I totally would have gone with the uh, girl version as well because she's super hot, but now maybe I'll she do is. both. She is. <laughs> 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 I really like um, the tattoos and the customization you can do. You can actually hide all of your pieces of gear this time around. So you can technically just run around in your underwear if you really want to. <laughs> Finally. Yes, I do want to. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Assassin's Creed, the underwear experience. Um, <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, but I will have more to say on that next week, everybody. But because we have a limited amount of time with Alana, I want to hear about your time with Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah. Uh, so I've been playing that you know, on and off this week, um, jumping between different consoles to like test out different versions of it just for my own personal curiosity more than for any other reason. And um, it, I actually think that open world is the closest thing we've had to GTA 5 since GTA 5, um, but it is better than GTA 5 as an open world. Uh, it, it looks really good. Um, uh, it feels very alive. I think one of my bigger issues with it is that I thought it would be a much more interesting game than it actually is. And, and the recruitment process mm -hmm. is fun because I like, you know, finding a specific NPC and being like, I want to recruit you onto my, my squad of hackers. And some of that is really funny. <laughs> you can make it personal, but um, it just feels a bit light to me. There's not as much to the game as I expected. Um, the hacking mechanics, there are some, some new cool developments there. I really like the little spider drone that you get. I think the world, and like I said, the open world is probably the best part. It, it is a really fun open world. But uh, ultimately doesn't feel dramatically different to, you know, the rest of the Ubisoft category in the way that I feel like people are saying Valhalla is. Um, I get the impression that Valhalla is the stronger choice between the two if you're going to only play one open world game, which again, we know that fatigue is a real thing. There's that spider bot. <laughs> Cute little guy. He's so yes. good. <laughs> get him. Get him. <laughs> He's a lot of fun. So, yeah, it's it's something that like, I'm not blown away by, but I do think is a really strong open world um, that is very fun. It's just not grabbing me in the way that I expected it to, I suppose. Um, it does also like kind of beat you over the head with the lore, which I didn't realize because the first two hours I had done on streams while having conversations unrelated to what's happening. So I had missed a bunch of context. Um, and I was like, is this just like not making sense? Because 
I totally missed this entire intro because I was doing a podcast while playing it. And then I went back and I was like, actually, there's just not that much to it. It's like, it's very simple. It, <laughs> actually, there's a just big like bad a weird. It's a big bad. Pretty much. Like, it, I feel like it's an average game with a very cool open world. Um, but I don't know that I'll finish it. Yeah, no, that's where I'm at with Watch Dogs too. Same. Like, I was really intri like intrigued by what they were doing and thought it was really innovative with the NPC system, the play anybody instead of like hack everything. It's like recruit anybody. But I'm with you that it just kind of like is leaving me hanging narratively. And mm -hmm. the open world gameplay is fun, but it's nothing that we haven't seen a million times before. Yeah, yeah it was interesting because I started playing, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago? i don't know time has lost all meaning i started <laughs> playing before and then <laughs> i because we talked about it on the show once and then after that i was expecting i think to like want to be drawn back to it a little bit more because like alana said i really thought the open world was very cool but it is kind of missing the comeback element for me and <laughs> i started playing spider-man then and then i started playing uh, even um, yakuza which we'll get to in a second and then bug sex i'm like all of those games i really have more of a desire to go back to and play and finish than I still do for watchdogs, even though I do yeah. think it's a very beautiful open world. Like I hate dropping games too soon, but I do feel like with Legion specifically, I just need to walk away from it. Cause I keep like stubbornly being like, I should play more of it. I should really play more of it. I started it. I should play more, but I just, like you said, there are other games that like I'm waiting for uh, PS5 to play Miles Morales, and I'm so excited about that. And I feel like the minute that I start doing that, I'll like completely forget about Legion, which is a bummer because it's not a bad game by any means. Like I don't have any criticism to be like, this game is bad and you shouldn't play it. Just not drawn in by it. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who who uh, uh, don't feel the same way. Um, it's a shame that the representation on this show is that we all feel similarly, but uh, it's just, um, I don't want to say like, it's not, I don't feel like it's generic. It's just... Just not enough substance somehow, I guess. I mean, I do think I do think there's a sprinkle of <laughs> generic in there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think the overlying the themes of the game we've seen before, the villains we've seen before. The hack everything is obviously unique to watchdogs as a franchise, but I think that there's just a lot of narrative elements that are ripped from a lot of other things that we've seen in other forms of media. Yeah. Really even in other games before as well. So there's no, there's no shame in, in saying that. I know it's not meant to be insulting because clearly they've put a lot of work into this game. London looks amazing. Yeah. The diversity of London is fantastic. The sheer amount of clothing items alone that you can get um, yeah. is really cool. There's a lot to love in this game. It's Ooh, just, that jacket. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of great jackets. There's, it's just a stacked up against a lot of really hefty competition this year. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Which is a bummer. But, um, <laughs> Including yeah. one of its own... <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing, having Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Watch Dogs Legion within two weeks of each other was a gigantic mistake. Yeah. Gotta be console timing, right? Surely they're just trying to get them both out for next gen. Well, Watch Dogs, remember, was delayed multiple times. It was supposed to come out... In the spring, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was originally supposed to come out last fall, and then it was oh, delayed, yeah. and then, it was, and then delayed it was delayed again. And I was like, oh, that's good, because spring will be a little more open. It'll be fine. And then, <laughs> then bunk. Nope didn't happen yeah. oh well it happens sometimes well Steimer yeah 
in lieu of me talking about destiny, because let's be honest, no one wants to hear me talk about destiny this week. I also need, I also need more time with the game. Unfortunately, launch day woes plagued Bungie servers as they tend to do. So I've only had about 24 hours with the game. Um, so again, I'm going to kick that to next week when I have a little bit more time in addition to some other games that we're going to be talking about with Brittany, but you have been dipping your toes in the Yakuza waters. Yeah. So like a, like a dragon. Um, so I have dabbled in Yakuza. Like I'm not the diehard fan that Brittany is, but I played like a little bit of, I also forgot which one it was. <laughs> one of the ones that's free Kiwami? on Game Pass. Zero? One of those two. Yeah. It was <laughs> which one? Don't remember. Uh, don't remember <laughs> the name of, but I, I played for a little bit and I was like, Oh, this is cool. I like it. Neat. And then stopped playing it. Uh, and then, so for Yakuza like a dragon, I was like, well, I have it. I should, you know, I should try it and see how it's going. I will admit it was a rough start for me because the first almost like hour and a half, you're basically just watching it. There's, you play maybe five minutes, right? And yeah. it's just a lot. It's very front loaded in terms of narrative mm-hmm. building, which for me, I was getting a little impatient. I was just like, like death stranding. Like, yeah, I'm like, come on, let's go. Let's like go. all cutscenes. <laughs> let's move. Um, but then I knew it would open up eventually. So I was like, okay, I'm just trying to get to the to the rainbow, to the pot of gold over there. And I did. And then I just wanted to like, I started texting Brittany about this. So that's why I have my phone out right now. Uh, and <laughs> I, just because on the timestamps, I think is fun. So at about 2.40 p.m., because I'd started playing at like 11, I said, I think I'm already done playing this game. I'm really mad. Because why are the? Because what happened was I got into the open world and I was running around having a great time, and then I went to an area where there were really strong guys who just killed me instantaneously, and I was like, "This is bullshit." Yeah, that sounds not fun. I was like, "What?" And she was like, "Uh, "There's actually like a threat." Like she kind of pointed out a few things in the game to me. It was like, "There's a threat level indicator over here," and like, "Pay attention to these things." Yes, there are different sections of the map if you zoom out and look at it, and it will kind of tell you where. Because I was trying to run around clearing things. I was like, oh, I just want to like see what's over here. Uh, and what was over there was death. So <laughs> not a great time. But What was over there was death. <laughs> but I just wanted to point out that I said that at around 3 p.m. I continued playing this game until about 11 p.m. Oh. I, like I just bunkered down on Sunday and I fell into the Yakuza hole and I'm still very much in it. And I really... I only started playing Bug Snacks because I knew I wanted to talk about it a little bit for the show. If I didn't have the show, I'd probably still be playing Yakuza. Oh, uh, there you go. Look at you being responsible the, and the, helping helping right. me talk about something other than Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the interesting thing, though, is like, I think part of that, I think part of the reason why I played this game for like 12 hours uh, on one day is because of the next-gen consoles. Because there are no more cutscenes, or no, sorry, there are plenty of cutscenes. I meant to say loading screens. So without mm. all of the loading screens where you would naturally get up and go take a break, you're just seamlessly into the game and you just keep going. It's this such is a, a major funny problem. thing about next gen. Yeah, that I'm like, oh, oh, but the thing is so fast now. I never look yeah. at my phone. Like I didn't yeah. look at my phone once today until about 6 p.m. Like I literally didn't check social media until 6 p.m., which feels like a feat. But it's because I've been playing video games that are next gen for work purposes. And just like not like when you're so drawn into it, it's like it's just changed my life in a way that seems so stupid. But I'm like, why would I ever look at anything else? There's no loading screens. Like, what am I supposed to? When do I go to the bathroom? No. Is someone here to help? Totally. 
<laughs> that's what I'm saying. So like the only other time I've really felt this way was when I used to play Sims a lot. And mm. I was just like, oh, they have to go to the bathroom. That's much more important than me needing to go to the bathroom. I've got to make sure that they don't pee themselves. But and now like and but obviously all the other generations, really long loading streams, whatever. You're like, OK, cool. This is a time where I'll go pee or I'll go make some dinner or whatever. Like. And now that's it's just gone. Like our breaks are gone. You have to be an adult. You have to Bring get the up and take back. care of yourself. <laughs> we need more loading screens. <laughs> we need more loading. So, oh, the other <laughs> funny part um, is that because there are you don't have the loading screens anymore. There's no more tools. You don't really get to read the tooltips. Yeah, so, it goes by so quickly. I think part of why I had a little bit of a struggle with the maps and all this stuff is because I wasn't getting any tips from the game because it was just like you're in the game. And <laughs> I was like, oh, I okay. That was yeah, reading, they, okay. <laughs> they might have to change those. Like, what is it? Um, Ghost of Tsushima, I believe they said that they had to extend load times so that the, the tooltips would actually be visible for long enough to people to read them. And I feel like that's the thing that's going to change with next gen with the, the lack of loading screens. Um, probably until we get into the latter half of generation where we will have some bigger games that probably like the loading screens will come back. It's just the stuff we have now. But they're going to have to figure out different ways to communicate those things because we're yeah. all just like, Reason through them, no loading screens at all. Like stuff on The Witcher Three, like blew my mind playing that on the Series X and just having it just immediately on death is like maybe two seconds. Where previously that game could take forever to load. So cool, but also like, but all this information that I'm missing. What was the name of that city? How am I supposed <laughs> to orientate myself? Where's the pretty art? Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird problem to have. But mm -hmm. um, just just to know, I guess if you're if you are jumping into the new next gen consoles, um, make sure you go to the bathroom, make sure you <laughs> eat, make sure you hydrate, make sure you're taking care of yourself, because it's going to be a lot harder. You're not going to have those natural inclinations, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it, that's how I feel about playing Destiny 2 on PS5 is that I am used to using the time when I'm traveling between planets and between the tower to change things in my loadout and to look through my inventory. And there's just no time for that now. So instead, I have to like hold up my fire team to be like, OK, I got to like look at this. I got to change this thing and move this setting around. I mean, not like I don't do that anyway, but um, <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, but it's. It's a it's a real adjustment that you're gonna have to make, but it's a cool thing. It's a cool so like cool. air quotes problem to yeah. have. Yeah, it's just interesting. It's an interesting adjustment that I didn't really think about, even though because we always talk we're like oh loading screens or whatever it'll go really it'll be amazing everything. And then I was like yeah it will. And then I was playing and I was like oh my god I've been sitting here for twelve hours. <laughs> I haven't gotten up shit. Like Yaku's oh this is an interesting though. thing I didn't anticipate. That whole series is so fun. Like, those games are awesome. And I, I want to say they're underrated, but I don't know that that's the right term. It's just, like, not enough people play them for how fun they are. Like, the Yakuza series can be really stupid, but also have a lot of heart. Like, they're, they're awesome. I'm sure Britney speaks about that, though, so I will I will yeah, step out. Does. I will let Britney speak about it. <laughs> but, but, like, it, I, I, I really have been enjoying myself. I know that this one is different than the other ones, which are much more action-focused, uh, action and this one's a little bit more turn-based RPG-focused, but... I've still been really digging it. And I think the animations that they've done really are cementing that for me. Like they're just delightful. Mm -hmm. You throw beans at people and pigeons attack them. What is not to like about that? <laughs> 10 out of 10 game of the year. Ten, it really is. I'm like, yeah, yes. Like it has wacky ass shit like that, but then it's also very grounded in a lot of the storylines it's telling. And I really like the juxtaposition. I think it's really well done um, because as Brittany mentioned on the show last week, I believe it was, it also hits a lot of fairly heavy storylines about sex workers, about homeless, the homeless community. There's a lot there. And then it's also just paired with 
really goofy shit. Like I think I wrote in one of my texts to her, I just spent 10,000 yen to buy a giant vibrator to hit people with because that's what you can do in this game. (laughs) One of the sex shops will sell you an item that you can use. (laughs) It's like the dildo bad from Saints Row. It is, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, more classy because it's a vibrator. Classy, yes, of course. You know, uh, but right, like it's just so that's the kind of game you're going to get with like, Yakuza Like a Dragon. And for me, it's perfect. And I love it. Again, Aww. rough start to it. But once I got in there, once I got into the pool, it was good. Oh, Brittany's going to be so excited. Yeah. <laughs> you guys will have to gush on it next week. Well, we're getting to the end of our time with Alana. And I wanted to kind of end our conversation talking about some of your impressions um, of your time with next gen. So you've obviously talked a little bit about, you know, uh, playing with the Xbox series X. Uh, do you have a dual sense at your house yet? Have you had any hands on time with the PS five yet or no? I haven't touched PS five, but I do have a dual sense. Um, I'm expecting okay. my PS five to arrive tomorrow, hopefully. Um, which what I'm do you do with the dual sense without the PlayStation five? Touch it, cuddle it. <laughs> sleep on it like a pillow like take it out to dinner light a candle you know all that good stuff um it's it's so weird seeing a playstation controller in white uh something about that like i hope that they release a black version of the ps5 that's the thing that i keep thinking i'm mostly really excited to see the size because i know people are talking about how big it is um so i'm very curious it's a to chunk. see yeah how it's, big it actually it's is it's a in big person. boy yeah it looks big but i thought the xbox series s was big um sorry x oh oh yeah names. no the playstation is much larger i'm just curious <laughs> how it's like gonna look x. in my apartment it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one but um yeah like i i have no problems with that though like you know they both get a lot of criticism for it but my attitude is always like make the best games so if you if you need uh a bigger console for me to play video games that are better and bigger let's do it cool with it um but also just like watching the internet feedback of all this stuff like uh, i i've seen like three videos of people saying that their xbox series x's are smoking and then you look at the videos and i was like there's no way that this is this is real this is people absolutely just trying to get views and then i saw xbox tweet today that like we can't believe we had to say this but please do not blow vape smoke into your xbox series x and that is i was like that makes sense it was like because it doesn't look like actual smoke it's got way too much water in it it's it's like a steam rather than a, a smoke i was like there's no way that this is what's happening and apparently that's what people are doing is yeah. you haven't heard that the xbox series x also doubles as a humidifier for your house hell yeah <laughs> Dude, if it actually did that that would be dope but it's not the it. case no I, i've seen the one of the bigger things i've seen too is um people saying that you could put a a ping pong ball yeah. over the vent and it'll like blow and xbox is like <sighs> wait does that not work Apparently not. Apparently that's faked as well. But I guess there's only one way to, to know, Alana. Do you I really, want, I really want to try it. I was like, can I do that? Because I feel like that fan is nowhere near that aggressive and never has been. No, so like, I it doesn't don't feel think like it, it would work, but I'm very it's curious. It's a light to try breeze. It. Yeah, yeah, but it's, exactly. it's an especially funny one because this is like our first console launch that is like this social media heavy, like that people are this online. Um, of course, that gets worse and worse every year. So there's just so much stuff that I'm reading about both of them that I'm like, that surely is not true. Like, none of this is correct. Like, someone said that the PS5 came with one of the side panels literally off of the hardware. And I was like, that doesn't even seem physically possible. Like, I don't think that any of this is real. I don't buy but the it. Way, yeah, but the way that that is wrapped, as somebody who did the unboxing for for What's Good Games, like, that's that's that, that's not possible. The, the way that the packaging is inside that box, like... Mm-hmm. 
I don't even know like where it would be. Yeah. I don't even know if you could like, rip what? it off though. But like based on the way that they look, it doesn't look like the panels are like interchangeable. The panels do come off. Oh, they can come because yes. you can buy you can buy so you can make your PS5 purely black already, right? Like you can buy different colored side panels From and put them on Sony? by a third party. Yeah, I think that company got shut down. Oh, immediately mm-hmm. already. Yeah, because I saw that Greg was third, tweet about that it. That was third party, I thought. Yeah, yeah. it's third party. It's some third but party. But they'd probably have to pay a licensing fee uh, because that seems like highly would. trademarked and copyrighted design. <laughs> yes. I think no, they got shut absolutely. down. I thought that that was a sticker, though, anyway. I didn't think that was like the panel. No, those were actual, on. like, actual. Yeah, well, fins. I have no doubt that a company is going to sell those fins, but they're going to yeah. have to pay Sony to sell those fins. Oh, for well, sure. Sony I does assumed it that they were. Yeah. Or that, or yeah, or that. I feel like they will, and it'll, it's actually cool because I always like the faceplates on the Xbox 360. Like, if that's the thing where I can like swap them in and out, like I feel like that's awesome. But yeah, oh, no, this yeah, was a Reddit yeah. thread where someone said theirs came unattached and shattered, and I was like, I don't know that any of this is true unless you post pictures. Like, so much of this stuff is just like watching people just lie about stuff because that's it's funny, I guess, because they want attention. Yeah, pretty much. Like, you gotta just break yeah. through that. You gotta ourselves. get them clicks. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. But I'm excited. Well, this has been really fun to have you on the show again, Alana. Thank, Thank you so you. much for for hanging out with us. And, you know, we're super excited to hear about your upcoming big announcement on Monday. So if people want to see what this announcement is, mm-hmm. where can they follow and find you? I am at Charalanazad on all of the social media. Uh, you probably won't remember how to spell it. And that is okay. But it's just my name in the middle. That's of what graphics are for. <laughs> I got you covered. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will also be, of course, putting her links where you can follow her down below. But uh, uh, what do you got planned for the rest of the year? Maybe you're playing that little game that's coming out next month. Little game that's coming out next month? Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting about it because it keeps getting pushed. <laughs> the game uh, you're in, Alana. Play that game. Yeah. yeah pretty excited about it. Should be a fun time. Um, man, the, the marketing's behind that game's got to suck so bad because of all the delays. Uh, but very excited about cyberpunk. Um, yeah, I have like a lot of charity stuff for the rest of the year. So I think like I'm doing at least two a week. So I always announce those on on my social channels if I'm doing charity streams, which is uh, a thing that I try to do a lot of. Um, so keep an eye out for any of that. We try to raise money for a lot of good causes and um, everything else can't talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you do, I think, not get enough credit for the amount of charity work you do. I uh, got the uh, had the opportunity, along with Rihanna Manuel and a bunch of other amazing women, to play a Ladies Only Among Us session yeah, that benefited Black high. Girls Code. Um, yeah. Listen, Steimer <laughs> gets a pass, I guess, because she didn't murder me. The way that, not, I could the way that you viciously, it was really viciously I did murder me. a lot of. You did murder me, yeah. I also just yeah. can't believe that anyone fell for that. I was like, I left the room because yeah. I panicked. Why would I that know, happen? I was like, but I felt like I couldn't get a word in otherwise. I was like, she was, she left the body, guys. Like, what? You, and then everyone was like, well, I don't know. And blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, whatever. Like, she just I felt gave like up I just had to try it once. And I'm so sorry that it was you, Andrea. But it worked. I feel good about it. And it worked somehow. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> oh, but that game's it so much definitely- fun. Yeah, it was what, what one of the top top ten anime betrayals of twenty twenty. Mm. Um, <laughs> True, you can watch the clip on Alana's Twitch channel, and you can also see the full stream from my perspective <laughs> on our channel if you want to see the other side. Um, but please do follow Alana on Twitch, Twitch.tv slash Shar Alana Zard. Nailed it. 
I got that right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So many A's. Uh, but again, we'll put all the links below. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, we are excited for your announcement. And I guess try not to work yourself too hard. Have some fun playing some, some video games. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, though. I appreciate it. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.